perfect spice choices for healthy food is important to manage chronic diseases. We have focused on a specific line of spices that can really fit your diabetic lifestyle. Our spice flavors are a game changer. We have created unique blends of all-purpose seasonings that are salt-free, gluten-free, with no additives and preservatives, great for chronic conditions like high blood pressure, obesity, and heart disease. These spices contain antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal properties, and improve digestive function and metabolism. Choose Diabetic Cuisine Spices for your family to feel more safe, confident, and support healthy aging. Welcome to another edition of Transparency Talks Podcast. I am your girl, Buddy Biraka. Listen, it is a pleasure to be here. We are all alive, and that is enough to celebrate. I'm celebrating because I have an amazing person that I want to introduce you to, you guys. Y'all probably already know him. Y'all have seen him on everything. His name is Mr. Angelo Reyes. He's Philippine, Filipino, Italian, American. He's a filmmaker and an actor. Can y'all please welcome Mr. Angelo Reyes? Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. This is great. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of the show. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very excited to to interview you. I, I was telling you behind stage that one of the things when I received your bio and your picture, well, it actually wasn't even your bio at first. I saw the picture. And when I saw the picture, I said, I've seen him before. Because I just recently seen you on BMF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was an interesting um, um, part when I first auditioned for that, and it was something that was um, really uh, out of out of zone for me. You know, I, I never uh, played that type of character because it wasn't much that you they were requesting for, and it's something that said, you know, on the far spectrum, right? So I was like, all right, so uh, who do I know that that is like that? And I had a, a couple of friends, and you know, I started talking to them, and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna keep it straight and I started just talking like a robot <laughs> and it worked I mean <laughs> oh good <laughs> but it was fun it was a fun project that I, I really enjoyed that did you get to meet 50 cent I think that's what he wasn't on no, that day he wasn't on set yeah I I did have a um uh, we had we had a um a, a, a table read on zoom but yeah that's the only time i got to meet him was was during zoom call <laughs> okay. okay well i can tell you that the the part that was the best part is yeah. when at the very end when you looked at him and gave him that look yeah that was just like <laughs> he was gonna get busted and i was like, yeah. Which which leads you leads you to like you know there's something else that's hanging that left because yeah. yeah. the character's still there and he looks back and it's like okay so what else is he now because so, nothing ever happened to the characters so. <laughs> yeah it was it was great it was great it definitely made it memorable yeah. <laughs> so can you give everybody a little bit of background a brief background about yourself yeah so I um, originally when I when I went to school for um, um, advertising design creative design so when I, I when I first started, I actually um, technically started in production. I, I was doing more or of, um, of producing commercials, creative design, design, things like that. I started um, acting really uh, in my early 20s when I was in New York. I was working for uh, a magazine and we were doing a TV show in uh, combined with the magazine. And then one day um, they're like, oh, we need, you know, we need to host you something. Host us, uh, an episode, 
And when I got in front in front of it, and I knew that I've always wanted to venture in that. And I, when I got in front of the camera, I was like, you know what? Even though it was a hosting show and it was really simple, I was like, yeah, this this is what I wanted to do. So I actually went back to school for acting in New York, and then <laughs> then that that story began. And then years later, um, I wanted to. I knew I still had my my hands in production, and I was like, you know what? I I want to go back to school for filmmaking and more of a, um, a hands-on to learn how to do more of that stuff. Because I knew how to create and develop it from, from the beginning, but actually during during the, uh, during the process, I went back and learned again, and, and I learned a lot because you know shifting from an actor to production or directing, right? It it made me a better actor, and then as a director. You know, it made me a better director to actor and vice versa. So it was interesting learning both both of those things and learning the business inside out. So I I kind of like fine tuned, I guess, my creativity. <laughs> I can absolutely relate because I am also an actor and a director. Yes, so yes. You know, you know, you know how it is. Once you get in, you're actually you're you're, you're getting you're pumping your brain with more information, especially if you're in a creative to start with. It's just it's endless. You know what I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're gonna go back a little bit. Where are you originally from? So I, I was raised in Naples, Italy. So I came to the States when I was like nine years old. Um, I did have to learn English when I came here. So I affected my American accent very well. <laughs> so my father, he's, a, uh, he's from the Philippines. So he joined the Navy. I was stationed in Naples. So met my mother uh, from Naples, Italy. Um, so my father, it was interesting. So I have two siblings and we, uh, he taught us how to speak Tagalog when we were younger, but because my mom didn't speak English and straight Neapolitan, he had to learn Italian. So okay. we all, so we have a Filipino person uh, speaking Italian, <laughs> which is interesting because everybody's like, like wondering what he does. And he used to translate things from from English to Italian for them. So that that was it was a fun childhood learning that. And when I came here, believe it or not, I've always had uh, Filipino. Um, uh, family culture around me, even in the Philippines, because well, there was a lot, large pocket of uh, Filipino population in Naples, Italy. And then when I came to Virginia Beach, which is an even larger population, so that the Filipino culture is always around there, regardless. And then you know, you just can't escape it. But it's great. I mean, it, in in have learning Italian, um, having that as my first language, it's not hard to learn. You know, Tagalog or even Spanish, because I, I speak Spanish as well. So it's not. It was, it was a good transition. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. But you know what? That's the true definition of love because they broke all language barriers. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and back then, you would never you wouldn't hear that because, of, you know, Filipinos, you know, only say the whole Asian stigmatism, whereas, like, you know, the Asian men are not, you know, they, they can't marry anybody else or whatever what they say. But, you know, you don't I hardly ever see that kind of stuff back then. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you make the switch from creative designer in advertising to yep. hosting and producing. And your first show was the motorsports show Street Vision Garage. Correct. Yeah. So that was an interesting project. We started um, a local uh, uh, news station, basically. And then, you know, how they have those um, um local channels that you can tune into so we started like that and it got it grew to something much bigger because um back then this was like the early 2000s when um and it's still good now but as far as the whole fast and furious thing blew up back then so a lot of imp import cars so that's what we concentrated on so that took me around the whole entire country and going to different manufacturers talking about the product building cars so that was a fun that, that was a really fun project um why it lasted i did that for probably like three years and then we taking a pause for the calls. It's your girl, Butter B. Rocker Transparency Talks Podcast. This is King Malachi with Power. I feel like fifth in the room. I got power. I shall be rolling in a ghost more power. Real niggas make a toast to the power. All my hitters make a toast to the power. I feel like fifth in the room. I got power. I shall be rolling in a ghost more power. Real niggas make a toast to the power. When I write shit like this, I ain't trying to get a check I just came here to spit, inflate my respect I'm the truth, no beat What you thought, I'm feeling like Biggie right now I'm that large, I'm still here strong And this music right after law Born to be done, fuck George I'm the real King Kong Rampage 
change any track Why I spaz like that With design on my feet Why I'm fly like that Malachi wear on my on my Like a baby diaper I'm the, I'm the cypher Y'all just rapping it I'm the hardest from beginning to end And I'm talking about the beginning of all creation To me y'all all just sanitation Papa I turn like doorknobs Heartthrob yes These women say that I'm the best Country God in the flesh I used to live in New York Piss Project Step I'm all in Atlanta like the martyr I done been riding real dirty on the martyr Authentic artist, y'all better guard em. I'm about to be large as fuck like the garden I feel like fifth in the I got the power I shall be rolling in a ghost more power Real niggas make a toast to the power All my hitters make a toast to the power I feel like fifth in the I got the power I shall be rolling in a ghost more power Real niggas make a toast to the power the flyest guard in the south with extended clout I'ma spit them bars till I lay down your mama house I'm from Carolina, cornbread at my mama house I can shoot down a deer, drag that bitch to my mama house When I spit it's like a llama out My pen don't miss, I'm on that green arrow shoot I'm on everybody out and I'm closing in fast I'm a brand new Rory with my jealous on the gas I'm feeling like knives on some flash. Kiss when I spit this fast. And like I said, trip, pun with a love this. He probably be like, hot me from the south that nice. On my dirt road flow, flow immaculate like the president. Air Force One on some other shit. It's me, Malachi, OG, Mali. I'm feeling like the new Wally. I feel like the new. I got power. I shall be rolling in a ghost more power. Real niggas make a toast to the power. All my hitters make a toast to the power. I feel like 50 new. I got the power. I should be rolling in a ghost more power. Real new make a toast to the power. All my hitters make a toast to the power. Yeah. in your acting skills because I, I got to see you play multiple characters in the reels and stuff that I was looking at. So with you having both the love for acting and directing, which is your your, your true love? My favorite, uh, acting is always my first love. Um, and, and, and I say that because, you know, growing up, uh, especially when I came to this state, uh, you know, being biracial, you didn't know where you fit in, right? You weren't quite Filipino, you weren't quite Italian. And and I definitely didn't hear, didn't look Italian. So, but even though I spoke better Italian than most that came here. So that, I think with acting, it was it was just like any, anything else. It's an escape to where nobody um, can uh, discriminate you. You know what I mean? You can be you want to be. And nobody can tell you like, oh, you're not enough of this, enough of that. But, if, you know, I was able to pull off characters, pull off things. And I think that's why I, uh, I, I go to different characters and something that will make the audience think like, oh, I never, you know, I wouldn't see him being this character, but I, you know, try to pull it off and, you know, changing their minds. But that, it, that, that has always immersed, uh, helped me out tremendously throughout life. And that was like an escape for me. But producing, you know, that, that was my profession, but it's always going to be there. But it has helped me throughout my career now. Right, right. Okay. So as an actor, what's your study process to get into character and learn your life? So it, it, man, I I um I try to immerse myself with a lot of different styles. You know what I mean? Because you know when I first started, I went to uh, to New York and um where I was taking uh, classes at Stella Adler Actor Studio. Then I met my coach there in, in New York, which she was also a um, studio of Ste the late Stella Adler. So I learned different techniques, and she was able to um, tell me like like you need a lot in your in your acting war chest because. Um, you know, as I say, method acting might not work in television because it's so fast as opposed to film because it takes a long time. So I, I always try to learn as many different uh, styles as I can because you never know when something pops up. Is it, if, it, if it's television, pending on the production, you could be doing like you know, 10, 15 pages that day and you got to go move fast. You don't have that moment. Um, but with film, you know, then you can switch over to method acting if you have to. But uh, every day, even though while... Um, while it's it's calm like right now every morning i take about an hour or two doing 
my monologue, um, what I do is record myself and then same exact monologue, but do it different times and different types of styles which was angry even if even if the monologue is not angry i do it angry it'll, it'll come out totally different I'll, be, I'll surprise myself so i try to fine tune myself all the time and it's hard to look at yourself <laughs> and try to change it but um i do that every now and then and i still read a lot of the books and i go back to my notes from my from my school because it's never ending the studying is never ending it's just like anything else like an athlete you always got to train yourself absolutely that's actually great advice on how to study and to continue to develop different characters for yourself yeah 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 and it worked for me that's something that was i was comfortable with like okay uh just like the audition at, at, at bmf i was like i i must have recorded myself i'm like okay that looks weird let me change it let me do that before i even sent in the tape yeah <laughs> I've recorded myself multiple times. I'm like, okay, okay, I think this is the one that they're gonna like because now that I'm a director and I had to start looking at different casts when they'll send me stuff, now you kind of have a better insight of, exactly. you know, they're literally looking at everything. Yep, yep, exactly. So that's the thing. That's why I always, if anybody asks me, it's like, should should they at least try to direct a producer? I say, yeah, absolutely, because then you'll have, like you said, a better insight of what you're doing and it helps your auditions a lot better as well. Like for an example, uh, at one point I would uh, do an audition that would look way too much and it's very distracting. You know what I mean? And I would look at that, I'm like, oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> so that that would that would help you to fine tune, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so you moved from New York yeah. to LA. Mm -hmm. So is it safe to say you, you like the West Coast better than the East Coast? <laughs> okay, so the, to fill in that, I, I uh, from Naples, Italy, moved to the States as nine, but I, um, so I, I grew up in Virginia Beach. Oh. I, I went to high school, elementary high school, college here. I didn't go to New York until after college to, to work there, right? So it, it was in my, uh, probably was like 21, 22, when I, after college, I went, uh, I went to New York. So LA after New York, I stayed in New York for about uh, a good four years, and I went to LA, it was just, I, we were going to that path as you go to study New York, work in LA, right? Yeah. So that's when everything started to transition a little bit. Um, and you start seeing a lot of things going to Atlanta. Little by little, it was very, it was a very beginning stages, right? And I went to LA, I did my thing, got, and LA was really more of a networking for me because all the studios are there. I got to meet a lot of people, and actually, I got to meet um, my mentor who actually helped me. He was a, Michael Boy, is a director out in LA. That um, he actually, you know, showed me the ropes of directing. He, I mean, he, he like, you know, passed it down. I and mean, I'm like, you know what? What he did for me, he didn't have to do. You know what I mean? He just did it because he, he, uh, he's passionate about what he does. Took me under his wing. And um, I, um, that's what I would like to do in return, pass it down, you know, to, to, to others that um, need help, you know, and I have, have these type of questions like, well, what should I do? Should I start with this feature or start with a short, things like that. But so, so I went to LA and then came back to the East Coast. It, it, um, my, my majority probably is because my family is all in, in Virginia Beach, right? So my parents are still here, still live here. Um, but it was more of a family decision I had to come back because I was missing a lot of things. My nieces were growing up. I was not seeing them. Uh, right. some, some of them were born and I wasn't there. And I'm like, you know what? Um, and, and, and like I said, a lot of the, the industry was transitioning down to Atlanta. So even though you're in LA, you're still working down in Atlanta. So I was right. like, you know what? let's figure out. And then after the pandemic, everything went into video. <laughs> so it didn't really matter where you're at. So this just fit right at the time. Okay, so you're in Virginia and I'm in Atlanta. Yeah, so you're not too far. Yeah. <laughs> I, go, I go to Virginia a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean that the whole southeastern part, man, it's it's it's, it's hot, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who influenced you as an actor? So actor, I I I've been looking at different. Um, so I follow a lot of different different um, uh, people's careers. Um, so I'm looking at Jeremy Strong in Succession. He's from my age, so I've seen what he's gone through, and I'm just like, okay, you know what? I, I can relate to that, so I'm, I'm watching his 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 career. Ahmed in um, uh, Sound of Metal. I'm watching his career too. So those are the people that I always watch. But one thing, as far as that that is relatable to me, is Lou Diamond Phillips, just because he's Filipino, um, half Filipino as well, like me, 
and he's gone through the ropes. He's already, he's pretty much my future. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's gone through that because he, because he, he's just the same as I am. You know what I mean? So I, I've always uh, um, uh, watched and enjoyed his stuff and what he has done, what he had to do to get where he had to be. But those are the three, the top three that I'm watching very closely. <laughs> okay. So what set did you learn the most on? Um, believe it or not, I, so I, when I was on Tyler Perry Studios, I, I learned about production, how fast, I mean, I just watching him, um, go through, through pages, like boom, boom, after you I was like, man, this, this guy has it like to a science and, and it's worked out for him. He's like, look at him. He's got this whole entire thing. It's like, you know what? If I was going to build a studio, I'll watch I'll do everything that he has to do. Cause he, he really made it well. You know what I mean? And, and I, I admire that. And I, and I watch him very close and he's still a humble guy. You know what I mean? I'm just by the, the interaction that I had on set with them, just, it's just like a normal person. I'm like, you know, this is, this is like the path that I would, would take if I have to go getting me a studio, production-wise, everything. That's that's what I would look. But I learned. I would say, if anything, I would learn a lot from that just by for the for the day that I stayed on there. You are tuned in to Transparency Talks podcast, baby. I am your host, Butterbee Rocker. This is the Black Bettys representing the ATL. This is waiting, baby. I'm waiting for you to come on over. Don't keep me waiting. Come a little closer You a super duper fly guy I hope you're not the shy type Tonight could be your night I see you all over me It's in your eyes I see it crystal clear Stop wasting time When you should be right here I'm just right here waiting I'm just right here waiting Gotta show me that you want some more. I know you wanna taste it. It's here for the taking. I'ma let you take it. I see you all over me. It's in your eyes. I see it crystal clear. Stop wasting time when you should be right here. I'm just right here waiting. Listen in to any of the stations by going to butterbeerocka.com. That's B-U-T-T-A-B-R-O-C-K-A.com. 
Follow me on all social medias at Transparency Talks Podcast, also at Butterbee Rocker, and subscribe today to my YouTube channel at Transparency Talks Podcast. It don't really matter too much to me. Your money, the fame, I just want you here with me. myself like looking at the camera seeing what he's got or yep. she's got and then like okay so what are they doing and I'm looking and then everybody's like what are you looking at I said oh I'm sorry I'm just <laughs> just trying to see what's you know it's like okay that's how they do it because I'm just you know I'm just learning more I'm like okay this this is how they did it and I did it some other way right and, and but yeah absolutely like you will I'm sure you see you catch yourself watching everybody else and like mentally taking notes and stuff but you know that that's like free education and you yeah, can't it really, really, is. <laughs> really is I dived right into when COVID hit it was like I went from being a national recording artist touring all the time to okay twiddling my thumbs and need to figure out something so yeah. I dive into I don't do the short I go straight for the feature yeah 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 it's yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you, know, you, 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 went, you went for the gold. You went straight to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still, I'm still working on on my feature, and um, and and I, I did so far I did three shorts. The very last one was the one that I, and the last two I've learned more much, and and I put more effort and like, okay, I fine tuned the very third one. And the third one, what I decided to do instead of just making a short was write the feature out, right? And then create a short concept for it. It's still a short film and I can still pitch it. It's not, and I don't give away too much stuff, but um, but it, it gives me opportunity to do two things. Um, show that I can actually put something together. Right. 
tell a story and um, still promote my film at the same time without getting too much away from, from marketing. And I, I did that and I used that concept. And now, mind you, from the beginning, I used what I learned as uh, in production when I was, you know, when I first started. So I was able to develop the development packet. So I did the numbers, financials, the, the schedules, those are already been set. So now I have a big little development packet with a visual with concept. And that's what I would pitch the studios. Like I have everything ready. I let you know it's just like a, a business proposal. You know, I have everything, and you can so count. Like you. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. So in 2015, you explored your talent as a director. Your very right. first one in your film Heartless. Now this was a short. Can you give Correct. us a little synopsis about what it was about? Yeah, so the, well, short um, uh, Heartless was my first as a producer. I didn't okay. that one. So um, that one was uh, a friend of mine. Uh, he's out in Portsmouth, which is still in Hampton Roads area, the greater Hampton Roads area. So we got together and I was like, and I did the lead actor in that one. And I learned a lot from that. And, and it's and it's a it's a thriller horror film slash horror um i don't do much of horror but that, that was it's a story that he wrote and i I, uh, I ended up producing it but i learned a lot it was my first one and i learned a lot about what not to do what to do um so that was that was a learning experience more than anything you know what I mean? that was based that was a, uh more of a um reservoir dogs slash uh horror film so it was an interesting thing. It was a whole. I, I my very first time doing something like that. So I learned that. After that, I did Groom, which um, that was a couple years later, and I developed a, a human trafficking film, so a short concept film based on a true story in uh, Virginia. So I, ever since then, a lot of my films or short film concepts have been a, a, about human impact stories, true stories. And what I do, I put Filipino characters in them. Now, they're not Filipino stories. I just add Filipino characters in, in all the things that I do. As you should. I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> you were recognized with the Rising Star Award for your film, Short yes. Groom. What yes. is Groomed about? So uh, Groomed uh, was the domestic human trafficking in Virginia. Okay. Um, so I wrote, that story is based on a true story. Uh, one of my uh, friends that lives in, now she lives in Virginia as well, um, but she was trafficked up and down the East Coast by her husband that she didn't know that he was um, a trafficker. So I learned a lot from that and that made me open up my eyes on a lot of things because um, interviewing um, different victims and people um, that have been affected with human trafficking, domestic human trafficking, because a lot of people, when you think of human trafficking, you know, it's like international, they kidnap you, whatever, uh, which does, does happen. But in, in our own, my own backyard, uh, a lot of that stuff is to be your neighbor, to be, you know, uh, in one case, it was a sheriff, you know what I mean? It's people that you think that are you're safe with. Right. You know what I mean, so it was an interesting story. It was an interesting project, and I learned a lot from that. And ever since then, I, I stuck to what what I, I love to do best. And I said, you know what? This is the genre that I want to stick with. Um, talk about true stories and mm -hmm. voice that you often don't hear. You know what I mean? And this stuff, you know, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. When you if if you ever go to watch it, it's very hard to watch because it's realistic. Right. You know what I mean? I don't make it too crazy, but what things that go on. And when I got that award in Jersey, um, and the audience watched it, and it was really quiet. You know, I was like, oh shoot, maybe they don't like it. <laughs> so after everything was done, and even it had to do about human trafficking, it was a process that a human trafficker does. Uh, that's what the whole concept was about um, to grab to grab their victims, right? And and what after after the film was shown, everybody came up to like, listen, um, I know it had to be for trafficking, but everything that you're talking about, you know, my ex-husband used to do to me or uh, like the mental abuse that I've got, you know, it was like, oh, you know what? You got all that stuff out of that. So I was like, OK, then I did my job. You know what I mean? I did Very relatable. Yeah. yeah. So so that that was an eye opener for me. And that's why my, the next one after that, I was like, you know, I stuck, stuck to that. So a lot 
lot of this stuff had to do with mental illness, a lot of the projects mental illness, sexual assault, um, um, human trafficking, social injustice, all those pieces I have a theme, and that's what I stuck with. Yeah. I had got called to do a project for human trafficking doing a song, yeah. and they approached me, and I did not know that Atlanta like you said most people think when you think human trafficking you think thinking overseas so this doesn't affect you in your back door but i found out that there is a lot of human trafficking right here in atlanta and i'm like oh my god i mean i really don't have any clue so human trafficking goes under the radar i mean because it's a multi-billion dollar industry yeah absolutely you know what and, and um I don't know if I should say this or not, but <laughs> but it's it's uh, I, I realized like you know Atlanta, Virginia was a hot spot, Texas is a hot spot. Um, I realized like it, it's it's a it's a big business, and I the problem is that I, I learned about it's it's in music, you know what I mean? Um, a lot of the music disrespect women and this they they say you know vulgar things and they think it's just an okay thing because it's entertainment right um the word pimp you know it's, it's used loosely you know what i mean but they don't realize what their origination is um same deal with um you know obviously when you go to vegas you know it's it's a it's entertainment to them you know what i mean it's legal right. so it's hard to to because to those are breeding grounds you know what i mean strip clubs all this stuff that's all breeding grounds but it's entertainment that's why it's so hard to like you know, stop that kind of stuff because it's around everywhere. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, act, everyone has access to like that kind of stuff, and 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 learning about that and talking to to a lot of the the, um, the survivors, it's like man, it's 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 just it's hard to get it because your customers are everywhere.
To our interview. So let's talk about your latest project, 21st yes. Colonial. Can you give us a brief? Yes. Uh, so 21st Colonial, um, just like Room, is based on a true story. This happened about in 2016, um, and the story is about a, a young, uh, young boy named Omar. He uh, went to to a um, drive-through bank, bank-through drive-through, cashing a check. Um, bank teller looked at the check. The check obviously was fraudulent. Um, she called the police. Police officer came and then shot him 13 times in the car. Oh wow! So there's a lot of things, and that's that happened into my in, in Norfolk, which is still in um, in the Hampton Roads area. So I got to learn, I got to know the family very well, and this was like a couple years late afterwards, right? And I got to uh, chat with them, and I got to you know got to know them very well, and I was like, listen, I would love to know about you and your son and you know how he was and write a story if that's okay and they're like yeah all for it so i spent two years just developing the story i wrote the feature film for it and um same thing what i did with the room i, I, I created a 15 about, this was an 18 minute concept um and I, I quickly found out that you know 18 taking 90 minutes put in 18 minutes was tough because because they you know it, it, it doing 18 minutes and show trying to give a, a, a story and give it a good message is very difficult you know what I mean it's hard because then you, I might miss a mark and people might not understand it but um, but it, it did well so I, I took that and that's what I pitched it to so the story is about uh, two individuals so what I did was like instead of being um uh, i wanted i wanted to be uh non-biased right so i i don't want it to take sides of anything so i took made research of what i can find on the officer and then took research uh what the parents had told me and i put it made it into a parallel narrative so the story is a it takes in a 24-hour period so you you see two of the characters they both um are struggling with something right so they go throughout their days and, and as it goes it starts to progress you know start making their decisions some decisions are not right you know what i mean it might be have a lot of consequences and then they clash at the end yeah. so i i always describe it as um training day meets crash you know? and so and that and that's the um the the feel and style and and i chose to um make it uh, uh very gritty realistic so a lot of camera movement was shoulder handheld so nothing stuck nothing there's no jibs or no um sticks on her so it's moving quickly and it's fast so it's almost resembling i took the style of Catherine uh, bigelow um which that inspired me the style from her hurt, hurt locker so it's very similar in, in style okay it, it sounds really good it it sounds like you've got both perspectives and that's always a great thing to be able to show how both of them came in, in into that ending uh, yeah but yeah that's yeah. And let make the audience make their decision. That's what I came down to. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So how challenging is it to direct, act, and write and be in the film? Because I know that's tough. It, it, no, it is tough. But, you know, honestly, um, like like you, you, you it's a thrill. You, it, it's, it keeps you on your toes. I, I mean, I love it. I know there's like... There, there, there is a struggle with it jump, jumping back and forth but the only thing that saved me right is my team so um if anything you know I, I, if there's any advice i would ever say is like always find um a director of photography who's on the same page as you because technically that's your eyes right so 
I spent, we spent six months of preparation for shooting a, a, a short film. I know it's, yeah. it was insane, but that was my first time that I'm like, this has to be right. right. So um, she's out in LA, she's also Filipino. And um, we were just conversing over Zoom and we're like, okay, this is how it's gonna, so I would go to the location, take pictures and we send it back and talk. So, um, so I was very prepared with her. So when I got in, uh, in front of the camera, she knew exactly what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to sit there and say, um, it was I missing something? Or was that? I trusted her because we spent six months uh, going through this. And that's that's what really saved me is 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 her. <laughs> okay, okay. How important do you think it is to promote diversity and inclusion in films? Oh, I think it's super important. I, you know, it's it's um, it, when you look at older films, you always get one point of view, right? And then, and then even if, like, I'll I'll take me because I I, I that's I have experience um in myself. So, um, for the longest time when I started acting, there wasn't a lot of Filipinos, um, or even even if that, like for me. It, it, being biracial, I always it was hard for me to to get any auditions because I couldn't I you know I couldn't uh, audition for as a Filipino because then they put you in this Asian um, group so there's Chinese Japanese we don't look the same you know right. what I mean and then Italian was hard because they had this already look of this New York Italian and right. I didn't get the profile other than my nose but I still had the slanted eyes so that was it was really hard so I think. Um, even my, myself was hard, but I think with the with the diversity, more people of color in in the, on the screen, when you see it, it, it create it gives you more opportunities, more creativity, more um, that different stories, you know, different background stories. There's so many of them, you know. I can tell you my background story all day long, and somebody might, you know, that that uh, is also just like me. It's like, oh yeah, I can relate to that, just like anything else. The Filipinos, when you see. Um, they're them on screen and they're they're wearing you know they're eating the type of food I'm like I, I can relate to that and, and, and but that's important just because it, it develops um, it, it creates a, a bigger story and, it, and and especially now with all the new streaming platforms we need more context we need more stories we need our stories and America is a big diverse pot and there's it's just like not anything because you for an example when you go to Italy you know who one an Italian is you go to France you know what a French a French person is. Uh, in America, you you don't know what American looks like. You know what I mean? It's, it's all it's, it's all it's a big melting pot. Very true. What advice can you give upcoming actors and directors from different ethnic backgrounds looking to pursue their dreams? So I you know I have always um, and and it's it's getting better now as far as um, uh, diversity, but we still have a long way to go. We still there's a lot more stuff to do. But the, stick to your craft and just keep. Um, training now always find a mentor in in it to me like for my example i found a director who's also asian and i can relate to and found him or her and um and who knows the ropes always find someone because that that person will take you to places that that you can't get into you know what i mean um and 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 these sometimes it could be a manager it could be a talent agent um but find someone in their production, your first AD that's just like you, that has already been there, and and you won't make as many mistakes that, that you originally would do. But that's that's so important is always try to find a mentor. Um, it's like your I call it your your advisory board yeah. you know, to your career. So that's that's super important to find a mentor. And and if when you get there, you mentor someone, you find someone to mentor, and you bring in. That's how you start developing better talent. Uh, better opportunities but uh it's super important craft and mentorship you got to find them and and it's easy it's free it doesn't doesn't take any any money to do that we taking another pause for the cause it's your girl butter d rock transparency talks podcast baby tell the dj to turn it up turn it up this is one of my singles entitled straight in my heart So much. 
So right now, other than auditioning, obviously, because acting this is my first love. Right. I'm working on the next project, short concept. Um, it's uh, also it's PTSD veteran on, on two veterans. One's uh, PTSD and combative, and it talks about another character, which is PTSD but sexual assault in the military. So these are all based on two true, two true, true stories, and I'm you know, I'm developing that now, and hopefully I will have the feature film on 21st of Colonial this year. So that's really close. Cross fingers. Thank you, Cross. Yes. I look forward to actually seeing it. I'll send you a link. You take a look at it. You let me know. <laughs> yes, please do. I think in my mind, I can't imagine how to, like you had said about shortening it into a short, going from a feature to a short. Yeah. I think the reason why I dove into the feature first is because I don't know how to make it short. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's tough. Story. It's tough. And and it, what I had to do was um, was team up with a um, a seasoned screenwriter to help me develop that. Um, but it, it it's it's tough because you might miss the mark in those fifteen minutes, and you can't make it too long or too short. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You, I'll say it to you. You look at it. You, you see if I did a good job of telling that message. Okay. <laughs> well, to everybody out there, we are out of here. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And with that, everybody, we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to Transparency Talks Podcast.
This is Vinny Kush with Wishful Thinking, and I'll see you guys next time. I can't stop the stressing, cause I hope it's not too late. Seconds turn to minutes into hours and to days. I'm trying to keep my patience, yeah, I'm trying to keep the faith, cause you know. before